Welcome to episode 26 of Unfolding Words, Serve God with What You Have. I'm your host, Tracy Moorings, and this is the weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer life for your walk and life for your soul. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that I sort of stumbled across in my daily reading of the Bible. I've been reading through the Bible in a year, as I mentioned, and in reading through the Bible, I'm noticing that I am finding small details that I've missed because I've been reading or have in the past read chunks of scripture out of context. So when you read in context, you see that little details that are dropped like little trails for you can be picked up in later parts of scripture. So this is what happened when I was reading in Luke chapter eight, verses one through three. And this is about the women who accompanied Jesus on his mission to spread the gospel. And this is the ESV version. And it reads, soon afterward, he, meaning Jesus, went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Now, in terms of context, this passage of scripture follows the woman with the alabaster box of ointment who poured this expensive ointment on Jesus' head as a sign of high respect. And then immediately following these verses are the parables of the sower, which is a great segue for these verses because these women who had been healed proved themselves to be good soil. They exemplified what is said in verse 15. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So these women, like the 12, became disciples of Jesus. Now, many would think that true spiritual service for Jesus trumps ministering to Jesus in temporary earthly matters. But these passages would not be included if this service that they rendered was not important. These women ministered to Jesus out of their substance, the scriptures say. These women had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, and in return, they devoted their lives and their substance to him who had healed them. Now, we don't read in any part of the history of Jesus's life of any men who had been healed and followed him. There is one exception, the man who had been prayed for and had legion cast out of him. He requested that he might follow Jesus, but Jesus would not allow it. Jesus sent him instead as a witness to his friends of the great things which God had done for him. This is in Mark chapter 5, verse 19. But there's no record of men other than the disciples following along on a regular basis with the disciples. So it's very key that these women are considered to be disciples who followed the earthly ministry of Jesus. Now, one thing that I do want to highlight that is in this patriarchal culture that Jesus lived in, women were often mistreated and undervalued. But we know that Jesus is countercultural. And he welcomes these women amongst his followers. This was unusual for a rabbi at this time because rabbis mainly had male disciples. But according to historical records, it was not an uncommon practice in Judea in Jesus's time for women who had means of their own to support a rabbi in his work 
as a teacher, which is what these women did. Today, I want to focus on Joanna. Now, I'd heard of Mary before, and I knew that there were other women who had ministered to Jesus, the women who had been at the crucifixion, but I never remember hearing about Joanna. So when I stopped and read that there was a woman named Joanna, the wife of Cusa, who ministered to the Lord out of her means, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. The scriptures say that Joanna was the wife of Cusa, who was Herod's steward. This is King Herod. And we read that she herself received healing from Jesus. It's interesting that a disciple and a female disciple at that was plucked out of King Herod's camp to follow Jesus. King Herod Antipas, who reigned in Galilee, was the son of Herod the Great. Not a good man. And Joanna may have been the source of much of Luke's eyewitness accounts. Now, if you read Luke, you know that in the first chapter, his goal in writing was to give an orderly account of Jesus's ministry based on eyewitness information. And so a lot of his information about Herod is not included in the other gospels. So Joanna may have been the source of his insider information about this king, because Luke is the only gospel writer who mentions Joanna by name. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Cusa worked as the steward or the manager of King Herod's home. So he would be over his income and expenditure accounts. And he had to be a man of great importance and one that the king trusted. And as a result, his wife would have been of high standing in the world as well. So as the wife of Cusa, a high political figure, Joanna was brought into the inner circles of Galilean politics. And she, as I mentioned, she was probably the way that Antipas learned about the ministry of Jesus. And it's interesting to note that Herod, even this is mentioned in the scriptures that Herod came to know something of Jesus. In Luke chapter nine, it says, now Herod, the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening. And he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead. And verse eight says by some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Verse nine, Herod said, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him, meaning Jesus. And later, later in the scriptures, Herod would encounter Jesus again. The final event was when Jesus was tried by Antipas in 29 AD. We see this in Luke chapter 23, verses 6 through 12. So it's this whole trial when Jesus is about to be crucified and Pilate was intimidated by the Jewish leaders who insisted on Jesus' execution, but Pilate found no guilt in Jesus. So his easiest solution was to send Jesus to Antipas, who was in Jerusalem for the Passover, and have him handle the matter. But we know that he didn't do anything after mocking Jesus. Antipas sent Jesus back. So interesting turn of events when you read all of this in context. Women like Joanna supporting Jesus's ministry was key because these disciples and Jesus had regular practical needs that had to be tended to. They had to eat. They had to have clothing, all the things that you can provide for yourself when you have a job. But Jesus and his apostles, while they had a common purse, which provided not only for their needs, but those of the poor, the apostles had mainly forsaken their daily jobs 
and employment to follow Jesus. So they didn't have a regular source of income. So these women stepping in and filling the gap was key for Jesus and the disciples so that they go and continue their mission of spreading the gospel in the world. We read that Joanna provided for them out of her own resources, Luke 8 and 3. Now provided is translated from the Greek word diakeno, and the word refers almost exclusively, this is the definition, to the menial labor of women and slaves performed for the people of higher rank on whom they were economically dependent. This verb choice means that Joanna served as a servant, even though she was the wife of a high ranking political figure. The word deacon is derived from this verb, and it means to minister to be to render ministering offices to to wait at a table and offer food and drinks to the guests of women it's spoken of to prepare food and to supply food and necessities of life these are all the things that Joanna did despite her ranking in life and in the society and this is what makes this fact even more wondrous the others who were economically dependent on Joanna she served them as if she was the one dependent upon them. She truly had the heart of a servant. Of a servant, Joanna would probably have been used to Galileans serving her, but now she serves them. And Luke was intentional in identifying Joanna as Herod's steward's wife because her connection to Herod's royal officials and court identifies her socially as an outsider to Jesus' group of followers, which means that Jesus welcomed her into his close-knit community as an outsider. So Joanna, with her act of servitude, broke barriers of class and economic status because, as I mentioned, she belonged to the upper echelon of society. But she left that upper tier of society to join Jesus' group And she also broke through political barriers because she was of the Roman government. And so she switched her loyalties and chose to follow Jesus. It can be easy to miss all of this if you read through quickly or skip over it and not pay attention to the small details. And then if you keep reading on, and this is what I really loved about this, is that Joanna shows up again. And this is why I've become an advocate for reading big blocks of scripture in their context and in order. Joanna is named at the site of the empty tomb of Jesus's resurrection. We find this in Luke chapter 24, verses 9 through 10, and it reads, And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest, the eleven meaning the remaining disciples. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women who told these things to the disciples. Joanna was there to witness the empty grave. After walking with Jesus, seeing his miracles, seeing his crucifixion, she was one of the first to see the miracle of resurrection. Isn't that awesome? So Joanna provided for Jesus the best that she could out of the means that she had. For her to serve in this way shows the gratitude that she had for what Jesus did for her. So Joanna ministered to Jesus and was loyal to him through his trials while he walked here on earth. So minister means to give support and of 
her substance means her property or her possessions. So at the time when you followed Jesus, it meant that you gave up all for Jesus, just like the disciples. They left their professions, their families, their hometown, and they gave up their hearts to Jesus as well. And today, the same thing thing is still required from us. We need to commit all that we have to Jesus's disposal. We have to be willing to part with whatever the Lord wants us to part with to serve him. So we use what we have to serve the Lord. And we also have to be willing to leave it if he calls us away from it like he did the disciples. So these women who were healed could have easily gone back to thank Jesus with their words and returned back to their comfy lives where they were living. Joanna could have easily done this. She chose to show gratitude out of her worldly substance, out of the means that were available available to her. And what I really love about this passage of scripture is the highlight on the fact that these were women. As I mentioned, it was a patriarchal society and it, Luke could have easily glossed over the fact that there were women, women supporting Jesus and his disciples. And if you know me, I am by no means a feminist, but I love how The scriptures esteem women on the same level as men and don't see them at a lower value or that they don't have anything to bring to the ministry of the Lord. Now, from the scriptures, it appears that God had given no other special gift to Joanna. We don't see any special gift of teaching or preaching or anything. I mean, she could have had those gifts, but that's not highlighted in the scripture. Instead, she uses the ability to help Jesus and his disciples by relieving them of the burden of having to provide for their temporal cares. Like I mentioned, having to provide for food and clothing, maybe even lodging. And this is of great worth in God's economy that she used the resources that she had available to further the gospel by freeing up Jesus and his disciples to focus on the most important work. Luke 16 and 10 says, says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. So the fact that Joanna took great care to provide shows that she could be faithful with delivering the news that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. So Joanna, she ministered, but like I mentioned, it wasn't a public ministry like speaking or laying on of hands or singing. We don't, we don't know that about her, but there is a quiet ministry of prayer and of attention to detail that we can give to the Lord and to all the members of the household of God. We can look upon the smallest duty that has to be done, and we can attend to it. We don't have to look for a ministry that brings us to the spotlight. There are some who do have speaking ministries, singing ministries that bring them before people, but just as important as those gifts are gifts that may not bring you attention. Gifts of hospitality or cleaning or ministering to those who are handicapped. All of those are just as important as public ministries that put you in the spotlight. Probably even more important than that. A woman with a servant's heart like Joanna brings God near to everyone that she comes into contact with. Everyone was helped and improved by Joanna's service. Wherever she went, she left a mark for God. Because, as I mentioned, she was freeing them up to do the most important work. And we all have that choice to either make a selfish move in service or to do a selfless act in ministering. So there, that selfish act is when you seek to do service to God that brings favor to yourself. You do this because you want to be seen or you want to be heard. And only you can know why you're doing something. And the Lord will shine a light 
on the intentions of your heart. So you have to ask yourself when you're doing a work for the Lord, am I doing this because this is the way that God has gifted me and I know this is how I can best serve the body of Christ? Or am I doing this because I don't want or like the gifts that God has given me and I want to move into a lane that gives me more notoriety or allows people to see me more and gives me more acknowledgement. We really have to be honest with ourselves about why we're rendering service to God. So when you serve God with what you have, you have to know that even if you are serving God with what you have, are your intentions pure and right before God? Now, Joanna only has two lines in the Bible that are credited to her. But her life speaks volumes. The fact that she used what she had, that she was willing to sacrifice her position in society to follow and serve the Lord. How can you show gratitude through service to God with what you have? It may not be resources or finances like Joanna had, but God has uniquely gifted you to be able to serve the Lord and with gladness. So what is that thing or things? What are those things that you can do to show gratitude to God through service? And if you don't know, pray to the Lord and he will reveal it to you. That's it for this week's episode of Unfolding Words. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share today's episode with a friend. You can email them a link from the show notes or the website at unfoldingwords.com backslash podcast. Or you can share on social media, reposting with the hashtag unfolding words. Until next time, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.